Welcome to the Leadership Exposé podcast. This podcast is for purpose-driven leaders at diverse levels and organizations around the world who are seeking to scale and transform their leadership to level up their business and to create an impact in the lives of people all around them. Business and boardroom topics, trends, innovation, transformation, and the intersection with leadership is the focus. We enable success. I'm your host, Stephen Paul. In this episode, we meet Corey Lee Cannon. He's a major retired U.S. Army Reserve working as the command knowledge leader at United Nations Command, Combined Forces Command, and United States Forces Korea in South Korea. Corey brings diverse leadership experience and accomplishments within and outside the military. We'll hear about him and his how he's leading knowledge and innovation management within the Department of Defense space and what that encompasses. Thank you for your service, Corey, and welcome. How are you doing today? Doing well, and yourself? Uh, wonderful, wonderful. You know, just before we started this podcast, Corey, we, uh, we're exchanging where we're based. And um, as you know, I'm here in London, UK. Uh, what about you? Do you want to share uh, where, you're, where you're based? So I am currently based in uh, South Korea, and this is the um, oh fifth time I've been here over to, over the past fifteen years. Um, Korea has pretty much became my uh, second home, um, but um, this time around, I'm actually here as a um, government civilian, uh, as a command knowledge manager for the um, for the three commands, as you mentioned. Wonderful. Wonderful. How are you enjoying the uh, the country and the city? It's not your oh country. <laughs> oh. I mean, it's wonderful here. Yeah. Um, in fact, we have a nice, good, sunny blue day here. So yeah, yeah. You know what? We, we we're also having a wonderful morning here uh, on a Tuesday. It's sunny, but we're also approaching winter, even though it's officially fall. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Corey, we're, we're keen to hear about your your personal, your professional journey. Um, you've been in the service. You're now in you know in a, in a in a civilian role, but keen to hear about your your journey and your intersection with all the things that you've uh, you've accomplished. So go for it. Okay, so I started off my military career in the United States Marine Corps back in 1998 and was an enlisted uh, soldier, or uh, excuse me, enlisted Marine at that point in time, um, doing uh, field radio operations. Um, so basically I was the guy walking around with a big antenna on my back saying, shoot me first. Um, and then in uh, 2002, transferred over from the Marine Corps to the Army, uh, where I then became a transportation officer at that point in time and where I spent the rest of my military career um, in the realm of logistics. Um, so basically knowing how to get things from point A to point B and what means to do it in. Um, but during that time, I also picked up a, an additional role as a knowledge manager. So basically on how commands make decisions and um, what ways, forms and places to do that in. and did everything from um, collaboration environments, com uh, 
common operating pitchers, community of practices, um, those things begin to spring up during that period of time um, when I was uh, in the military. Um, and also development of um, decision-making tools um, came about during that time too. So being able to find uh, information, make sure it's in the right format for commanders to make decisions upon. Um, did that until um, I retired back in 2019 uh, as a major and transitioned over from the green suit to the blue suit. So went from uh, military to government service at that point in time where I stuck with the knowledge management realm. Um, for those who don't know, knowledge management is focuses around four pillars. Those four pillars are people, process, organizational culture, and tools, whether those be digital tools, analog tools, doesn't matter, tools or tools. Um, in fact, people are tools in some aspects. But um, being able to use those four pillars to drive towards either um, a collaboration effort, uh, so you got the whole of staff effort on things, or drives towards more of a decision-making um, process. Um, mm -hmm. So did that for, well, I'm still doing that um, now, and, um, you know, help write the uh, DOD definition for knowledge and knowledge management. Um, I've been working on trying to develop uh, the future, uh, the way the future construct for knowledge management should look like within the DOD space, as well as holy government on what um, knowledge management can do for other departments and agencies across the uh, whole of government aspect as well. Mm. And, and Corey, you were, you were mentioning about, you know, developing this, this framework for decision-making, the knowledge management and so forth. At the time, were you in the field doing this? And was it specifically for uh, the areas that you served or was it much more wider? So it was for the commands that I served under. Um, while either deployed or um, back in at the home station um, because within the DOD space, knowledge management is relatively new. It really took off back in around 2008. Um, so we're not even, not even, you know, we're just barely a little over 10 years into this. Um, but in terms of actually developing a career path and, um, the way on how to do knowledge management effectively, we're still, you know, in the young stages of all this. Um, this is something that will evolve over time as, as technology improves, as the way we communicate improves, um, the way we uh, do business uh, improves, so will knowledge management on how we do things, so. And, and Corey, you is this your focus now in terms of knowledge and innovation management? And you mentioned, uh, you know, it, it, it encompasses the people, the processes, the, the cultural aspects as well, and all the, the tools, digital or otherwise. Um, is, that, is that your primary focus now and looking to embed that across the, uh, across the, the, the organization, I'll call it? Yes, and 
it is my primary focus on that, um, especially within those four pillars. Um, I am currently also a student, a PhD student at uh, Bangkok uh, University there in Thailand, uh, trying to get my PhD in knowledge and innovation management. Amazing. Which, um, yes, so um, great program down there. Um, can't say enough good things about them, um, but that, that's been my whole focus, at least for the past, um, at least for the past five, five, five years has been my focus is the whole knowledge and innovation and innovation management um, mm -hmm. piece of all this. Um, it used to be just knowledge management, but if you look at knowledge management holistically, the output of knowledge management is, is innovation. Yeah. So yeah. is looking at how innovation also plays a role in decision-making processes and everything. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit more. I mean, like how, how, how would you, you know, we've talked about broadly, you know, people, processes, organization, but the application of knowledge and innovation management within mm -hmm. an enterprise, whatever that might be, business or otherwise, uh, military or command forces, what, what, whatever that might be. How do you see that being applied in practical terms? So the way I see it applied in practical tool terms is by first looking at people. You know, do we have the right people in the right place um, to be able to, to drive decisions or to, to drive um, uh, information for the organization? Um, if not, you know, let's make sure we get the right people in those right places. Um, from the organizational culture aspect, you know, do we have the right climate, um, you know, environment for people to be able to talk freely, to be able to interject when needed, um, to be able to have those conversations to drive to better decisions in the long run. Uh, processes, make sure your processes are codified, make sure it's something that's repeatable, make sure it is um, able to be, you know, something that people can actually agree to to run through that process uh, as it's not a long laborious thing that at the end comes out to um, you know a either a um, a non-decision or able to come back with a negative aspect of that process and then tools you know what what venue or what vehicle would that be so whether it be you know, using you utilizing meetings yeah. as a tool um, to be able to get those ideas or communicate those ideas across. Um, whether it be a community of practice, whether it be a portal um, where you have some sort of digital portal or a website that people go to to collaborate on um, on ideas or topics or stuff like that. So being able to look at those how all those things kind of fit together to either drive for com, uh, the organizational situational awareness on what's going on or towards more of a, a decision-making aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, do you feel that, or in your experience, do you feel that culture also plays a big, big role in influencing some of these changes? Because ultimately you're making, I mean, all of this, 
or most of it leads to decision making, you know, whatever process that you're putting in place, knowledge management, innovation, and so forth. Uh, there's an element of decision making towards the end. So it kind of converges towards that. Do you feel that parts of it also, you know, is enabled by culture of that particular organization and how yes. it's being done? <laughs> yes, highly. Um, culture has a huge at, um, weight when it comes to um, how innovation happens within an organization. If you don't have the right uh, climate or the right organizational culture to be able to collaborate or bring ideas to the table, then innovation uh, suffers mm -hmm. within that organization. You're not being able to bring in new ideas or look internally for ideas. Um, you have potential issues of bringing outside sources in and where they believe more for more the outside sources and the internal sources sometimes because, hey, it's an outside entity. We trust them more than we do our own folks mm. or do we trust our own folks more than we do outside entities? I mean, there's a balance that needs to be made there. Um, or, you know, is it more of a top-down directed, hey, we will change um, and this is how we're going to change rather than having more of a um, source by community or um, – sourced by the crowd type of mentality of, hey, you know, bring ideas to the table. How can we source those? You know, what are some pros and cons of those type of type of uh, innovation ideas? Mm -hmm. and, and, and you just uh, touched on something here, pros and cons. And when we look at, you know, different environments here, whether it's military environment or the commercial business, um, environment here do you do you do you see any differences or do you do you see that you know bringing certain you know commonalities around the spaces of knowledge and innovation management how things are done in both worlds uh, is something beneficial eventually um, or is that something that you're driving or is it more one-sided so at least with the organizations i have been with um on both both the commercial and on the um, Department of Defense side of the house, um, to me, there's a lot more change can happen within a business organization, especially like um, a startup type company where they're just starting in on how to do things. Mm -hmm. An established company has a harder time making those changes um, that needed to be able to make a um, having that culture of innovation to happen. Um, now here within the past few years, I'll say the um, Department of Defense has done a better job in terms of opening up their aperture and appetite um, for innovation um, in terms of trying to get ideas from that, that soldier, that sailor, that Marine, um, on the ground, their ideas up to where it can actually come to fruition um, a little bit faster than what it has to has been in the past. Amazing. Uh, and Corey, is there any non-sensitive um, stories that you can share that comes to your mind uh, that has resulted in a highly positive outcome? Anything related to knowledge management and decision making or or even otherwise? So 
So I would say a, a good news story um, in terms of decision-making processes um, within the uh, within a couple of organizations I've been in um, is that actually having a set process for on how decisions are made. So establishing set meeting times and setting meeting topics that feed into other meetings that have more of a decision authority over them before you get to that CEO or command level um, final decision maker on that particular topic. Um, we find that when we do that type of construct, it kind of refines the topic quite a bit. It actually gets to the heart of what the true uh, decision that needs to be made. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, it kind of gives the CEO or that commander time to provide that um, their wants, their needs, their desires, or their influence into the process as well. Yeah. So with that in mind, having that process set up for how decisions are made, it has been a good process um, to deal with and, and to stick with. Yeah. It also gives the organization as, as a whole a way to vet a lot of these topics um, so, for example, if you have your human resources and your, oh, let's say your uh, R&D engineers, for example, there's topics that the R&D engineers may have that may not affect the uh, HR folks, but there are also topics that affect both the HR folks and the engineers when it comes to, you know, getting the right personnel uh, hired on there on staff or, you know, um, some sort of policy that may affect um, one or both of those parties. So being able to have that venue for them to talk things out um, helps out uh, the organization overall. Amazing. Corey, t tell us, what is your, uh, what's your formula to your success? Any um, one thing. Any one thing to the formula of my success is um, listening to what the people are saying and actually getting down to the root of the question of, you know, so what? Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, but what's the end state of this thing, whether the topic may be, but be able to answer that so what question. So that way I can go to the CEO, the vice presidents, the chiefs of staffs, that type of thing. Say, hey, this is what the staff or your organization is looking at. This is what they're looking for. You know, this is the kind of a way forward on something like this and being able to give that honest assessment, honest analysis on how to drive from where we are today to where we need to be tomorrow. Yeah. So that's kind of my secret to success. It's such an important one. I can I can completely relate to that one, Corey, because um, we we tend to be very, sometimes we tend to be very silent in our thinking and just think about our own specific goal without actually thinking the so what and the impact outside of that <laughs> space. Right. And what it actually means, like you mentioned, you know, to the CEO or to the people that they care about as well. Um, so if 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 one thinks a little bit more by asking that question, and so what, 
then it becomes a lot more broader and and it's it's it makes it a little bit more understandable across the board so i completely i can completely align to that one um and and um you know that's 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 differently uh brilliant um, i mean aside from innovation and uh, knowledge management any other important topics or challenges that you're seeing these days that would impact business leaders whatever environment that might be, whether it's in the military, outside of the military. So I think one of the things that's been coming up at least the past few years within um, the whole government space is this aspect of data to decision. Um, so to be able to use data and you know find ways to use data appropriately to drive towards decisions um, later on. Um, so one of the things that I'm actually looking at currently is how do we implement that within a uh, military structure? And you know, do we have the right people, the right processes already in place to do stuff like that? Um, or you know, what, what, what do we need to do to make that happen? So that's kind of the, one of the things that I see, at least within the whole of government, is being able to look at data differently um, and being able to say, hey, yeah, this is the way we need to view date, data from uh, here on in, or hey, this is, you know, get away from the PowerPoint slides and go more dashboard is, is the other major thing I see is, you know, how do you look at data through a dashboard rather than on a PowerPoint slide? Mm -hmm. You know, if something happens here and now that that data changes, um, for example, financials, you know, financials change on a second by second basis. doesn't matter if you're dealing with, you know, budgets or, you know, bit currency or what, what they are, you know, there's always changing in, in the financial realm. Yeah. You know, how, how do you display that? How do you brief that? You know, those type of things, you know, people are so used to doing static display, static dis um, uh, slides on that type of thing, but when you really need to brief it, you know, hey, this is where we're at right now on the budget at this point in time. Yeah. You know, how do, how do you drive decisions past that point? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a real real time information, real time insights, and the the ability to interpret that and make those decisions, as you said, rapidly or in real time, as opposed to right. something that has been uh, prepared from a while ago. Um, because it's moving so quickly, yeah, absolutely. I can I can completely relate to that one. Corey, tell us about you. Uh, you know what what does a day in the life of Corey look like these days? <laughs> More uh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> well, first things first, gotta have my coffee. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. But uh, normally between um, three to five meetings a day. Um, talk to my um, usually get um, brief usually do like a five minute stand up in the mornings with my team. Uh, usually try to do a closeout um, midweek with my team um, in terms of major projects that go on uh, because we have multiple fields within our shop as well. Um, but making sure that we're hitting all of our projects that we're in charge of and then um, being able to listen to our commander um, in terms of what his needs are um, and the way he sees things uh, going forward. So to be able to take that back to the rest of the staff 
and say, hey, look, this is what he's saying. This is what he means. And then this is how we need to go forward from here to answer answer these types of questions. Mm-hmm. So um, that's pretty much on a daily basis in, in terms of uh, evaluating um, the command needs and uh, decision-making processes and stuff like that. So Amazing, amazing. Corey, we're, we're coming to a close very shortly. Are there any um, closing messages or a challenge to other other leaders or boards or business organizations in or outside the military, the government space uh, that you'd like to highlight here? Um, so basically a, a few, a couple of things here that I would say for, especially for businesses, um, definitely try to understand what knowledge management is and can do for your organization. It can be a force multiplier uh, for your organization in terms of being able to save the organization time, money, um, and resources. Um, and once you get on board with that, um, being able to budget it appropriately for what it needs to do to make sure that your or- organization succeeds. Um, normally, there's typically a low-cost, no-cost aspect of knowledge management. Um, to make some easy, quick wins. But if you look at a long-term strategy, you may have to budget a little bit for it, but it should be nothing that um, would break a typical organization's bank or anything like that. So as long as you got the right person in there to work work it for you, um, knowledge management should be, I, I think you could do knowledge management at any organization that is out there. And it's more than just the tool. It's, it's, again, goes back to the four pillars of people, process, organizational culture, and tools. Yeah, amazing. Those are such important pillars that any organization at whatever stage that they, they might be um, you know, going through uh, to adopt and to embed as well. No, thank you very much, Corey, for, for being with us today and for sharing your journey, but also those great insights around knowledge and innovation management. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much for having me on. Awesome. Okay, folks, thank you very much for listening in and stay tuned for our next episode where we hear from the CEO of a neobank and his secrets to making it work in the industry. Stay tuned for our next episode on this and continue to stay on to hear about an exclusive offer for you. Hey, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You're now seeing this part of the video also because you consume some of my content, insights and teachings. Maybe you've been to my LinkedIn page or website or seen other social media ads or listened to my podcast. I'm Stephen Paul, a business and transformational executive coach, strategic advisor, leader and board member. I've been in diverse roles, corporate executive, entrepreneur and worked with businesses and firms of all sizes, built and launched businesses created high impact boards and so forth in four continents. I get it. I've been there, done that. But what is different is I bring a unique perspective and a playbook. I've helped 100 plus business leaders just like you to scale and align their leadership top teams, the board and overall business for growth. Leaders like Ivana from medium-sized company in the EU who grew 150% and expanded globally in under five months. 
After she started to work with me over facilitated sessions in an initial three days, I helped fine-tune their strategy and align their leadership team and board to be a cohesive driving force to achieve their dreams and outcomes. I want to teach you the same thing and more on how to scale and align your leadership team and board so you can increase your business growth and value. Get clarity on what is the next right strategy for you. There are multiple ways we can work with you. Number one, click the link for a free non-obligatory 60-minute initial strategic session. Let's get a feel for your dreams, your vision, your challenges, and let me convert that into a route map for you where we can co-develop and co-pilot. Number two, enroll in an innovative and intuitive digital online course that I have curated, created to help you transform. It's called Unshakable Resilience. It is the ultimate program for individuals and business leaders like you who want to be equipped at a personal and professional level to respond to any form of challenges or in crisis situations and take on opportunities with grit, resilience, and build a mindset of success. In essence, you want to be unshakable, thrive in crisis, take on opportunities in the face of adversity, and build a success mindset. So, click the link below to learn more on how I can personally help you individually and your firm to scale and align your leadership team and business and pivot in a transformational way. And for you to experience this, whatever the challenge you're facing, get in touch with me. Let's discuss and I will share my insight rapidly to enable your transformation. Click the links below.